You don't want to put off happiness until next year's vacation, right? But you also don't want to always rely on, hopefully this next cup of coffee is awesome or else I have nothing else to look forward to. Welcome and welcome back to The Chill Factory, where we continue to make work, school, relationships, and life less stressful. I'm Jordan Friedman. What are you looking forward to? Is it this weekend? Getting together with an old friend? Maybe an upcoming vacation? Or just taking a nap? If you can't come up with anything, research says you should think of something or create some things to look forward to because positive anticipation of events can elevate your mood and lower your stress. But how big do these happenings have to be? What types of occurrences should we focus on? Is it better to anticipate things taking place later today or later this year? And how can we use anticipation to make other parts of our lives less stressful? Christian Waugh is the perfect person to answer these questions. He's a professor of psychology at Wake Forest University, and he received his Ph.D. in social psychology and cognitive neuroscience from the University of Michigan, where he worked on the role of positive emotions in social cognition and resilience. He presents his work around the world and frequently appears on television and in print. In fact, I learned about Dr. Waugh from a recent New York Times article on the positive impact of anticipation. And stay tuned to the end of this episode because I have something new for you to look forward to every day. Christian Waugh, welcome to The Chill Factory. Thanks for having me. I would be remiss if I didn't say up front that I've really been looking forward to talking with you. (laughs) Pun intended, of course. Of course. (laughs) What does anticipation and looking forward to events and activities and outcomes do to and for us? So the primary thing that anticipation does for us is it gives us a goal to work towards and something to think about as a a future event or a future possible event that can give us some uh, positive emotions or right now, um, even before it happens, uh, which is also kind of a nice benefit. But primarily the reason why humans have kind of the ability to anticipate the future is to plan for it and to kind of do the behaviors now that can make that future uh, most possible. Uh, that's one of the cool uh, uh, human features that we <laughs> that we have that not a ton of uh, animals do as well. And do we know why? Is there a mechanism, a physiology behind why anticipation of events and activities does improve our moods and make us happier in, in some cases and other benefits? Yeah, it's really kind of a cool uh, neural effect. So if you think about it this way, we always live in the present, right? So technically our past doesn't exist and our future doesn't really exist ever for our brain. So what it does is it has to uh, create a past based on your memories and um, all all those sorts of things, uh, as well as create a future. And it actually does both of those similarly. And the one way it creates a future is by simulating uh, future events uh, and possibilities and stuff like that. And alternative future events, right? So this could happen or this could happen. And But the brain is, again, stuck in the present, if you think about it. Even though it's simulating the future, it's still stuck in the present. And a lot of the effects 
of simulating things in the future uh, can then kind of have effects on us in the present. So uh, if I think here, sit here and simulate, you know, sitting on a beach with my toes in the sand, the, the, uh, the waves lapping against me, my brain is simulating that. It's not really happening, but I feel in my kind of body as if it is because my brain still exists in the present. Uh, and there's that kind of cool effect. And that also helps us then understand what the future, you know, if this is a future that I'd like, because I can go, oh, that sounds awesome. That feels great. Or this other thing that doesn't sound very fun. I don't want to have that happen. It can help us plan um, accordingly. Well, thank you for doing a plug for guided imagery and visualization, <laughs> totally, which, totally. which I have talked about many times uh, on the show before. And I didn't really make the connection between those modalities and anticipating the future. But yeah, there's such a direct parallel because if you're thinking about good stuff that could happen or, or you know, good stuff that you're looking forward to, it makes you feel better. It, it totally makes you feel better. Um, one of the cool things I like about guided imagery is when it's really about guided imagery of uh, the behaviors that can make those good things happen. Um, as opposed to just the outcome, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's sort of like, uh, you know, we won the game. It's like, okay, fine, but let's actually have an imagery of stepping up to bat and looking down the, the pitcher and feeling confident and digging in your, you know, that sort of thing. The things that are going to help us win the game uh, are particularly uh, helpful and can also then not only make us feel good in the moment, but then translate into the behaviors that can most make that future happen. I want to come back to that in a moment, but first another question. What are we talking about here? What are some examples of looking forward to future events? I know that sounds like a simple question, but you've done a lot of research. There aren't too many people like you in the world who are focused on anticipation and its impact on mood. So what's the, um, what's the breadth here of what we're talking about? Well, I, I like the use of the word breath because that's really appropriate. There are lots of different levels of anticipation. And so, so time is one kind of dimension, if you will, right? When does this thing occur? Is it occurring in five minutes? You know, like five minutes ago, I was looking forward to this interview, right? And it's going to happen. Or uh, in 20 minutes, I'm looking forward to eating my lunch. Uh, or is it something well into the future? I'm looking forward to walking my daughter down the aisle or i'm looking forward to all my kids finally being out of the house you know and being able to do whatever i want so time is a big dimension of it and then with time is sort of like the intensity or the um anticipated impact on your life right is this going to be something that's like a, a mild kind of like fun thing then it's gone or is this a massive change in your life uh, you know you can imagine uh, the bride and groom, for example, uh, anticipating that wedding day. That's a major shift in everything, right? Uh, so you have time and then you have uh, kind of the impact. Uh, and then those two things kind of play with each other, which is actually really, really interesting. So there's this thing in, um, uh, in our research called temporal discounting, which essentially is uh, the answer to this question, right? If, would you rather have $50 today or uh, $100 in a year? And a lot of people say, well, just give me $50 today even though $100 is more, because we kind of discount things over time. We, we value things that are more immediate than things that are off into the future. Uh, but that's, that's also a massive individual difference. You know, 
we can anticipate a lunch today, uh, but and that could be impactful in the next five minutes. But anticipating a, you know lunch seven weeks from now is not going to be a thing. The thing we anticipate seven weeks from now is going on a trip, uh, you know, out to see your family in, in the Yellowstone or wherever it is, uh, something big, something uh, potentially impactful. So that's kind of generally how we think about uh, anticipating events in, in a dimensional space. But then there's also the types of things we anticipate. A lot of what we anticipate has to do with our social lives, uh, anticipating dates, getting married, anticipate uh, the birth of our first child or second child or whoever. Uh, so we get a huge social and emotional benefit uh, from a lot of that sort of social stuff too. But of course we anticipate other things too, like lunch and, and, uh, and relaxing on the beach. And don't forget coffee in the morning. And coffee in the morning is a big one. In fact, what's funny about that is a lot of the benefit we get from coffee, that first sip of coffee, um, is not from the caffeine all of a sudden coursing through our veins, but rather our kind of anticipation of the caffeine running through our veins. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's going to make drinking coffee even yeah. better, even more satisfying. Exactly. Exactly. All right. This opens up a whole bunch of different questions. If I'm thinking, Christian, really strategically about this, so maybe I wake up tomorrow morning and I'm not in the best mood or later today I'm not in the best mood and I I want to jolt myself a little bit into feeling better into being more optimistic more positive less stressed is there a type of event that I should think about something big versus something small uh, something like you said before that is relatively immediate something that's going to happen soon versus something that will happen a month from now, is there is there a bigger effect from one versus another? Sure. Um, and to be perfectly honest, there's less research on uh, kind of the matching of the type and intensity and timeliness of anticipation with the thing that you're maybe dreading or thinking about. Uh, but my intuition says that that there is a little bit of matching that has to happen. Meaning that uh, if you're going to your your parents' uh, biopsy this afternoon or whatever, and it's pretty sure that it's going to be cancerous, and you're trying to get a pick me up, you, you probably won't be thinking. At least later on, I'll have a glass of wine. You know, that's just not the same thing. That's not that's not going to be complementing it, right? You'd have to have something that kind of complements it in intensity and maybe even type, right? which is something like, well, you know, um, we'll have time together for sure. And I'm looking forward to next weekend when we'll all be together with the family. And um, I'm looking forward to just seeing them. I'm looking forward to these other things that kind of directly put uh, kind of a boundary on the thing that you're worried about, if that makes sense. And kind of keep it, keep it in its pen, if you will, um, so it doesn't get out and wreak havoc. But, you know, if it's something simpler, like, oh, man, I don't want to grade another paper, then yeah, thinking about lunch or a glass of wine later or something like that is, is perfectly adequate and, and, and a, a fine way to kind of approach things. So I think, there's, I think there is a little bit of matching that goes on, but to be perfectly clear, we're not actually as um, well-versed in how that plays out per se. I think that's a really kind of interesting avenue of research. I'm not sure if any part of the research that you've done has focused on people practicing anticipating. So, you know, 
we have a lot of things in our heads every day and a lot of stuff going on and we move from one thing to another. So it's not like we remember all the time, oh, okay, I'm going to stop now and think about this thing that's happening in an hour. I mean, sometimes it may pop into our head, sometimes it it uh, may not. I, I guess often it may not. Would it make sense? Is there any research that supports taking a couple of minutes in the morning or at a certain time during the day and focusing on a or a set of things you're looking forward to, things you're anticipating to have these positive outcomes that we've talked about? What we do see is other sorts of emotion and stress coping and regulation strategies that, that, that borrow anticipation as a main component of them. For example, one of the things uh, I work with is something called positive reappraisal, which is essentially when you take, um, take a situation that may be negative initially and you, you put a positive spin on it, essentially. Uh, you think about it from a positive angle or add a positive component to it. And we've been doing work recently showing that um, it, there may actually be an additional benefit if that positive uh, reappraisal is about something in the future. Because it's more flexible, it's more, it can be more powerful, more um, really inducing of positive emotion in the moment. Um, and positive reappraisal as a coping strategy is something that is taught and, and trained in people. Um, uh, you see that a lot in cognitive behavioral therapy um, and other sorts of um, cognition-based therapies where people are really trying to change their perspective um, about stressful things. So yeah, in, in a sense, the anticipation and positive anticipation is kind of baked into some of these other coping and uh, regulation strategies that are part of existing therapies, but it's more linked to these other types of uh, strategies. And since you focus on this topic, do you incorporate anticipation into your life and your daily activities to gain some of these uh, positive impacts that you found? It's interesting, actually. I think most of us are actually fairly good at planning things in the future that maybe we could look forward to. But what I what I take, you know, time in doing is allowing myself to reflect on those things um, and not thinking that that's a waste of time, if that makes sense. And one of the particular strategies I use, um, and, I, and I actually have to use this with my wife a lot. I'm, teach, I'm teaching her as well. You know. I'm sure she'd appreciate hearing that. Um, is when we're thinking about something that we're looking forward to, it's easy to come up with all the things that we're worried about. Uh, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And those things are actually important, right? Because those, those, those worries are the things that help us plan better and make sure we avoid certain issues that come up. But what I'll practice with her uh, and, and myself is allowing ourselves time to just think about the positive aspect of it. You know, the, the, the things that we're excited about. Yeah, yeah, we have to worry about getting train tickets, but can you imagine sitting in that Budapest bath? This is something we just did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Budapest bath, you know, with the sun shining down on us and all the different people and all the different baths. I mean, just think about that. That's going to be so awesome just by itself. Just is that, I mean, it's going to take a lot to get there. Yeah. But let's just allow ourselves to bask in the, the positivity of it because then it motivates the, uh, the, the willingness to want to work for it and to, keep again those worries kind of pinned up and bounded um so that's one one kind of strategy that i use is it's not so much 
doing all this extra planning of positive things necessarily, which, you know, I do that as well. But really, I think the unique thing is allowing yourself time to just think about it in a positive way without worrying about it and putting off worrying for a little bit, knowing that it's going to be there when it needs to be. And you brought up something really important that I skipped over in my earlier questions, and that is actually planning things that you will look forward to. So we talked about, you know, having coffee in the morning. Well, that's something I do and many people do just naturally. But it would also be worth it to plan things, small and large, uh, so that you have these things to anticipate. Absolutely. That's So that's like the, the first step, right, uh, is, you know, to have things to anticipate. and and But that actually... It's twofold. One is the planning of things, the purposeful planning of things. And I have a colleague of mine who works with something called prioritizing positivity, which is essentially uh, the the, the uh, propensity to uh, purposefully plan things that you know are going to give you positive emotions throughout your day or throughout your week, throughout your month. And that's and and, and she's shown that it, it has actually great well-being benefits. So there is definitely a purposeful planning component to it. But it's really important also, and again, this, this planet thing can be today, it can be this weekend, it can be two months. And, you know, you always want to have something at each level, right? You don't want to put off happiness uh, until next year's vacation, right? But you also don't want to always rely on hopefully this next cup of coffee is awesome or else I have nothing else to look forward to. Um, but the second prong of that is, is yes, there's a planning part, but the second prong of that is... Uh, again, the allowing yourself to think about things in the future in a positive way that allows yourself to be amped up about it. I think if you if you took stock right now of things that are coming up, um, there are different ways to think about them. And I think one, a lot of times, one way to think about it is this is going to be fun. This is going to be a positive thing. Um, and, and let my, allow myself to anticipate it, even if it's not something I planned, or if it is something I planned and I forgot that it was going to be something positive or whatever. So there's a two-pronged approach is planning purposefully, but also allowing yourself to uh, think about things in a positive way. It is really important to also pay attention to negative things and to worry about them and, and to try to fix problems and that you can't just sort of anticipate your life away. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that's a more nuanced thing. Yeah. So, so no 100% positive bubble living. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And no 100% living in the future. You have to, there's a lot to be said about living in the present and savoring what's happening now as well. Christian Waugh, this topic is richer than I had even imagined. And <laughs> this conversation was even more yeah. enjoyable than I had anticipated it would be. So thank you so much for uh, coming by the Chill Factory. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Christian Waugh is a professor of psychology at Wake Forest University, and you can learn more about him and his work in the show notes. And we'll also put a link there to that excellent New York Times article where I found him. Do you like a challenge? How about a chillinge? Here are a few examples. Break down your stressors. This is where you take those 
big sources of stress in your life. Things like your job or a family member or commuting or maybe working from home. These are big stress blobs. But when you ask yourself, what are one or two things about these sources of stress that make them stressful, it tends to help us feel that we can do something about them. They feel less overwhelming. Rub around your eyes. This one is really simple and so necessary because we're spending more and more time looking at our device screens. This tends to create muscle tension around our eyes, and this muscle tension can lead to eye strain and headaches and migraines and bad moods. So once or twice an hour, take the clean palms and pads of your hands and first place them over your eyes, holding them there for a moment to warm the area up. Then gently make circles with your hands to loosen up that tension. How about this challenge? Do something for the first time. It could be something small like baking a pie or making a dinner party or something larger like running a marathon. These activities tend to take us away from the things that are stressing us out and they help us feel more confident and more alive because we've successfully accomplished something new. Those are just a few of today's Chillinges, a new feature we just launched on the Chill Factory app. Every day you'll wake up to a new activity or mindset to try and to keep doing if it makes your work and school and life less stressful or easier in some way. So take today's Chillinge today and every day by downloading the Chill Factory app from the App Store or Google Play. The first 25 listeners to enter the password anticipation will get to use all of the Chill Factory app's features for free for one year from the original post date of this episode. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory, and we'll now post new episodes every two weeks. There's more at thechillfactory.net, and be sure to follow The Chill Factory wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are available. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. And as Alfred Hitchcock said, there is no terror in the bang, only in the anticipation of it.